Good morning. It's good to see you all. How's everybody doing? Stuck on something. I saw one thumbs up, two thumbs up, four thumbs up. Only three people have answered. A lot of, okay, cool. Any of these? I gotta see some pinkies up. I got, got, a, got a side of those. Uh, any downs? Anybody don't want to answer that it's a down? <laughs> well, it's a kind of crummy day today, but um, I, it's really good to just be together, and I'm, I'm excited for that. Keep saying this, probably will keep saying this, but every time we get to a chance to gather, it's just like a really cool thing. Um, and uh, um, I don't know, I want to like give one little announcement, and I, I was in and out, so I missed the uh, first part of the announcements, but um, if this wasn't said, um, we're going to try something we're going to try over the next five weeks before Thanksgiving, um, hopefully once a week, but I need to pass that with the rest of the staff first, <laughs> um, is uh, um, one, one of the things, if you're new here, that we're like really missing this year is most Fridays we would have something available for like gatherings, like just social either social or service kind of thing. And because of the way that everything is, um, we haven't done a lot of like formalized get togethers um, because of just like size restrictions and stuff. I know there's like informal things that happen, but um, uh, I've really been missing that because we do a lot of meals together generally, just like family style stuff where we can like be together, get to know each other. So what are we hoping to do? What I'm hoping to do over the next five weeks um, is to have these little like family meals that are, are going to be smaller. So it's like 10 to 12 people, um, but just giving people a chance to like come together, see each other's faces, eat a meal together. And I think there's like some really cool growth that happens with that. Um, so Tuesday is the first one. Um, and um, so far, we only have like a handful of people. So there's actually, there's a lot of room left. So if you're interested in coming, I know, I know there's a, there's small groups that meet on Tuesdays um, and it won't always be on Tuesdays, but that just happened to be this week's. But if you're interested in being a part of that, um, there are still spaces open and I'd love to have you. Me and Aaron are going to, are going to host this one. It's going to be here. Uh, we're just going to have that meal at, uh, I think I said six, six to eight ish. It may not go that long, but it'll start at six and be over for sure by eight. So let me know, um, send me a message, adam at isucsf.com. If you want to email me or you can just come tell me, but um, love to have you join us so we can just get to know people more. Enough with announcements. All right. Um, uh, I want to say hey to people. I know there are people watching online who are home right now or they just can't make it this morning. So hello. And also for everybody, um, we always have a YouVersion um, event on, in the app. So if you want to follow along, uh, you know, go to have notes if you're interested in that kind of thing or take notes, you can do that that way too. Um, and that's a really good app. If, if you're just like looking for a way to like get into the scriptures, um, it's really handy because it's on your phone and we probably always all have our phones on us. Um, but also they have a lot of plans that, um, if you're like, man, I just don't know where to start with scripture. Um, there's a ton of plans that you can just do that anywhere from like, this is a three day plan to, um, like I'm in one right now. That's a year long, you know, kind of thing. And you can, you can really, um, dig in that way. So that's my final announcement, I think for now. Um, how many of you have crammed for a test? Cool. All right. How many um, this year have crammed for a test? 
A lot of people still. Okay, cool. Um, if if uh, you know we're doing that, we're we're like memorizing facts or dates or names or equations long enough. Um, how, how many have you have you uh, how many of you have done that like just long enough to take your test and then pretty much forgotten everything that you did? I see some hands again. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too, uh, very much so. I understand um, that feeling. Um, when I was in college, um, I had this this art history course, um, and because I'm like a really bad art history student, um, that was like my mo was to cram basically like the 30 minutes we had we had weekly quizzes and there were tests like every couple weeks also in this class, and this is not a good way to go about it. I want to be very clear on that, but basically 30 minutes before each of those classes, when I knew there was a quiz coming. Um, it's basically a cram period because I just names, dates, schools of art, those kind of things don't stick with me for whatever reason. Um, and so I would go in and there was this little like obscure room in this building that I never ever went into on campus um, except for this reason. And you go up to this room and there was like this light table box thing that had all these photographs of these pieces of artwork with the names and the dates and um, who did it and what what like school of art uh, it was. And um, I'd sit there and just like cram and go take his test and then totally not retain any of it at all. Like as soon as it was on the paper, it was gone, you know, kind of thing. And um, that was that was kind of the way that that class went for me. And do you guys think that I remember anything from that class at all? That being my MO. I'm seeing a lot of shaking. No, you are correct. I remember pretty much nothing. And um, that makes Erin very sad because she's like brilliant and has this like mind to collect these things. Um, and so we always get in a debate about what's true and I'm wrong because I don't remember it. Um, the way that we, we consume information, um, and I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're taught this, like I, this isn't the place to dialogue about this probably, but like I don't know if we're taught this or if it's like just like culturally expected of us or, or what it is, but the way that we consume information a lot of times um, tends to be like cramming for a test. I think that's kind of like built into us for whatever reason we, we do that. Um, and we put our minds into it long enough to show like the knowledge of what we, just what we know. Um, but then we release it rather than actually like digesting the information and letting it like become part of us. Um, to use like in body terms, we don't, we don't tend to metabolize the information that we put into our brains. Um, and I'm speaking very generally, but I think that's like a cultural thing. And it's like a church thing a lot of times that we, we get this information, we get this knowledge, but it doesn't like become part of us. Um, and it happens mentally, spiritually, maybe even emotionally. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about this like little section of James. We're going to be in the second half of the first chapter of James, if you want to turn there. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited about looking into this um, because there's this call that James is giving, and it's going to continue through this study. But, but there's this call um, from James to not let God's words just like go in one ear and out the other, to like put it really bluntly. Like, don't let his words go in 
one ear and out the other. There's this call to not just consume the word, but like digest it and metabolize it into this energy that comes out of spiritual action. It's like what he's, what he's calling us to. Um, and that practice of putting faith into action has this like way of, we put faith into action and then like that helps us to put faith into action. And then that helps us to put faith into action. It's this cycle, this continuous cycle of growth and maturity. As we practice things, it becomes easier and it becomes more part of us. So um, let's read, uh, we're going to start in James 1, 19 and just 19 through 27 today uh, is, is what we're, we're looking at. So James says this, says, my, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Uh, let's pray together and then um, we'll go into this a little bit. Um, Father, we give you uh, today. And uh, I, I pray that we would, we would be doers of your word. Um, that's the prayer today. Lord, help us to um, help us to not just like hear or even um, like retain knowledge of you without it affecting us. Um, help us to do what you say, to obey what you command, to love like you call us to love. Um, help your help us to like be open to your word affecting us. Um, Help us not to just like cram, cram for a test spiritually, but help us to really put these things into practice. And I just pray that we would be open to your guidance and um, your call into like the purpose that you have and the mission and, and just um, the good things that you have for us in this Lord. Help us to follow you. Um, so I, I just pray now that, you know, as we look into these kind of pieces of that, that you would speak, that you would remind us, <clears throat> whether it's speech or action or purity, whatever that be, Lord, that you, um, you'd remind us and you'd call out in us the things that need to be worked on, the, needs, the things that need to be turned over to you um, for action. So, um, Lord, we give this to you. We praise you, Jesus. Uh, you are awesome, and you are our King and our Lord, and uh, we just give you this. Amen. Um, the call, so the call that James gives here from what we read, um, <clears throat> it's pretty simple, really. And that, that's one beautiful thing about, really beautiful thing about James when you read it is he's pretty straightforward. There's not a whole lot of like mincing of words. Um, and it, it, this is it. He says, be active in your faith. Be active in your faith. That is the call 
that we're given um, to not be like passive, to not, not just like kind of hang out and know, oh, I, I follow Jesus, but like nothing's really happening. He calls us to be active. And, and the, hinge point, the hinge point definitely sticks out in verse 22 when he's like, don't merely listen to the word, do what it says. Don't deceive yourselves, do what the word says. Um, I've been guilty of reading scripture. I've been guilty of studying scripture. I've been guilty of coming to a service like this and hearing the word and walking away and like it having no effect. I, I will be completely transparent about that. That's something I've, I've been guilty of. Um, but James is calling us to be, to do more than that, to have an active faith. He says, don't just hear it. Don't just read it. Don't just talk about it. Don't just go to small group Bible study. Don't go to church, just to church, but do what the word says. Calls us into this active faith. Um, if we ever allow our interactions with God's word to become just purely academic, we've moved into very dangerous ground. It's a very dangerous place to be when it just becomes this academic exercise and not a lifestyle in him. It's simple, but James does break it down a bit into some specific areas of our lives where faith needs to be actively working. Um, every area of our life should be affected by Jesus, but, but there are some specific points that James brings up in this. Um, and he calls this active faith, he's like real religion. Um, and and there, are, there are three places of action that I took note of this week. Um, and here's some crowd participation three areas. What are, what are like the three areas that James brings up as far as like our faith being active in this? Speech. There's two more. listening. It's part, I'm going to put that as part of the speech one, but I agree. That's a big part of that. It's close to the end, both of them. All right. I'm not going to name them off yet. We'll get there. Keep looking. All right. Speech is one of them, though, and speech is the first one that's talked about right from the get-go, speech and listening. Um, James in 19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Um, now, as, as we go through this letter from James, um, as we get into further weeks, we're going to see more of that talk. There's going to be a specific point where he's like, talking about our speech and about the tongue and, and what all that looks like. Um, but James gives us this challenge here right from the get-go to be a people that consider what we're going to say before we say it and a people who don't lash out in anger. It's like what he's calling us to in this. He says, quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I find it interesting that James does make this like differentiation between, quote, human anger um, and like and the assumption of some other kind of anger that comes out of that. Um, I did some looking into like the wording this week, and it has these connotations of that he's when he says human anger, 
Um, some of your other translations may, may quote it a little bit differently, um, but mine said human anger, and, and it has this connotation of, of wrath or like impulsiveness or um, outburst. Like that's kind of the idea of this human anger that he's talking about. And he's like, that does not bring about, none of that brings about the righteousness of God, outbursts of anger, wrath, like impulsive stuff. None of that's going to bring about righteousness. Um, the careful consideration of intentional listening, it was talked about, this like slow reaction and reserved anger does make a way though for God to work. Careful consideration, listening, slow reaction. Um, we, we live in a culture of outrage. It, you've probably seen that, right? Like there's a lot of outrage about a lot of different things. We live in a culture of getting triggered. And in a light of that, I want to pass on something. Um, and <laughs> Aaron's going to mock me later, but something that, okay, I heard this on a gaming podcast, so take it with a grain of salt, but it like stuck with me in a huge way. And I was like, like blew my mind. And I'm like, yes, like this is, this is something. Um, he said, we can't control what emotions come at us at any given circumstance, but we can control how we respond. I think that's a very important thing. Like I cannot control if I see something or hear something and it makes me furious. That's not, that's not something I can actually probably control because it's kind of well up inside of me, right? You've been in that place probably where something's just made you super angry or very sad or that kind of thing. But what we do have control over is like, what do I do with that emotion? Do I punch the person in the face? Do I? Probably shouldn't, you know? If I if get furious, do I scream at them? Like, neither one of those things probably bring about the righteousness of God, according to James. Do I get a hold of myself and like have a, like a real conversation about this or do something active about this? And, and that's the thing I think it's really important really important for us culturally to learn is like emotions may come, our reactions we do have control over. We are called to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's one of the ways that we can be doers of the word is to do that. Um, the second one here, um, down in 27, James says, he says both of these, but he says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. I'm going to pause there on that one. And I'm calling this like relational activity or even like justice, meeting needs. These are the kind of things that James is calling us to as part of an act of faith. Um, over and over in the scriptures, we see God's heart for, the, for people in need, God's heart for the broken, God's heart for the people who are not receiving justice, people who need compassion, uh, all of this stuff, we see it over and over in the scriptures. Um, taking care of those in need, speaking up for the voiceless, empowering the powerless. And whether it's, it's laws like in the, the Torah, like our first five books of the scriptures, we see like laws laid out about how to take care of people like that and what we're supposed to do. We see things like the book of Chronicles that looks back and is like, like Israel and Judah did not uphold justice. They did not take care of the, the powerless. They did not take, of the, take care of the needy. Um, and that's why these things happen. Uh, whether we see prophets who are calling 
the people of God back to justice and back to taking care of those that are in need. Um, whether we get into the Gospels and we see Jesus uh, referencing these things, when he, he gets into like Matthew 23, he's like, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You tithe mint and dill and cumin. You've neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these things you should have done without neglecting the others. Or even onto like the growing church in Acts, when we see them having like, we have to take care of our widows and make sure that this is something that's being done. We have to take care of these people because they are part of the body and they are in need. The, the scriptures are unified in showing that God cares about his people taking care of those in need. And James is just pointing back to this again. He's like, real faith isn't only looking out, uh, isn't only looking out for the widows and orphans. I think that's important. It's not just that like social justice aspect. It's not just that but it absolutely includes these acts of care, compassion, and justice. James calls us to an act of faith in that. Psalm 68.5 tells us, God in his holy dwelling is a father of the fatherless and a champion of widows. And we're called to be of the same mind and action. Third piece of this, of an act of faith, still in verse 27 Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. It's this idea of purity, like our, our holiness, our purity. Um, it's the other half of that final statement that's called purity. Um, earlier, James wrote in verse 21, Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. And I was like really struck by a few of those just words and, and phrases in that, that statement this week as I was uh, kind of reading through this and studying. Um, get rid and planted just kind of like stuck out to me. They kind of just like hung with me this week. And when James calls us to like get rid of sin and evil, he's literally calling us to throw it away, like to cast it off. To get to get rid of this, um, I, I've just been thinking about like, anytime I would run, I didn't want to carry anything. Right, I would like have the light clothes. I'm not got a backpack on. Like, I don't want those things. If we're gonna like try to be fast or endure, we're not gonna carry all this extra baggage with us. Um, and that's what he's really saying is like toss this stuff aside, get rid of it because it's not worth holding on to. Um, the writer of Hebrews gives us a similar call and I think it helps us to see that even more why it matters so much to our faith in action. Um, in Hebrews 12, 1, the, the writer says, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured 